good morning, New Hope Church. My name is Colin Hopkins, and I have the privilege of pastoring our high school ministry at our two-day campus, and I am so glad uh, that you could join us here on this Wednesday morning right now. You're tuned in to New Hope Church in Texas, and we are continuing our devotion time together. Right now, uh, I would love if you could let us know uh, wherever you are joining in from this morning. The truth is, is that we love getting to hear from you. We meet here each morning at 8 a.m. to see each other, uh, to spend time in God's Word together, uh, to pray together. And if, and if you have something that we could join you in praying for, please uh, drop it in the comment section below, or you can post it on our prayer wall at prayer.newhopechurch.tv, and we can join you in praying there. I think that uh, one, of my, one of my favorite parts about this time is that we can be challenged and encouraged together. I think that there really is something important about the church continuing uh, to be spiritually together, even though we may be physically apart. After all, uh, the best way to get through this thing is together. Now, recently, uh, we've been studying the book of Romans, and it has been awesome. Yesterday morning, we heard from our lead pastor, Pastor Tim Liston, as he led us through part of Romans chapter 8. And I hope you were there uh, because there was some really, really good stuff. If not, no problem. Uh, all of our devotions are posted and available to you uh, on YouTube, on Facebook, and on our website. Today, um, we're going to get to con uh, continue our study of Romans chapter 8. Uh, specifically, we're going to be in verses 31 through 39. So if you have your Bible, you can turn there now. Our text is in response to the scripture that we read in our devotion yesterday morning, where we were reminded that in all things that the Lord is working for the good of those who love him. An incredible reminder that right now, in, in the midst of, of a pandemic, that the Lord is actively working for your good. Sometimes, sometimes um, um, the truth is, is that we can get uh, absorbed by the bad. We can get overwhelmed by the bad, focused on the bad. We as, uh, as believers, we get to combat that. We don't have to be blind to the bad, but we can continue to press on and search for the good that is promised to us. And so today, look for good. Today, bring good. Today, rest in the fact that God is good and he desires good for you. Today, what we're gonna do is we're gonna read Paul's response to where we left off yesterday. Where we are starting today in my Bible is titled More Than Conquerors. And I think that as we read it together, uh, we're gonna find out why. Let's check out verse 31. Verse 31 says this, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? If God is for us, who can be against us. Paul asks the question, what shall we say in response to these things? And so we say, amen. We say, hallelujah. We say, thank you, Lord, for being for us. The truth is, is that, is that Satan is against us. He, he would love to see you fall, uh, to be angry, to tremble with fear. He'd love to see your marriage fail. He'd love for you to entertain your idols, to give in to your lusts, for you to be selfish or, or prideful. He is against us. However, in church, believe this, Satan trembles in the presence of God. He can be against us, but he cannot prevail over us because Jesus has already won. And since he is for us, no one or nothing can oppose us victoriously. They can try, 
but our battle has already been won. I don't know, um, I don't know what you've been up against. Recently, it, it may not feel like, like many people or many things are for you. You might've had a bad month or a bad year or bad, bad years where, where it seemed like things lined up against you. And I wanna validate that because those are hard days. Believe this though, is that you don't have to fight this alone anymore. You have a God that is with you and a God that is for you. Somebody say amen to that right now. Now, now right after this in verse 32, um, Paul reminds us that God the Father did not spare his own son, but that instead he gave him up. God did not cut any corners. He didn't, he didn't offer something less valuable. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't try to find his, his way out by giving up less. He, he gave his best offering. He gave his perfect son. He didn't hold anything back, back for you and I. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna pause and pivot here. I wanna give him my best too. I'm tempted to cut corners, but every single day I fight to give him my best. My time, my heart, my finances, my language, my ministry, my family, my, my, my wife, my, my life. Um, he gave his best for me. And so I give my best back to him and worship to who he is. Let's pivot back now. In this verse, uh, we, we read that the word, uh, we read the word spare, but it could also be, be translated as to withhold. We could maybe understand the verse this way, that God the Father did not withhold his son. Instead, he gave him up for us all. We were spared and Jesus was not. Paul's making this point to, to combat our doubt. That if we, I think that if, if we did not doubt our, our status with God or our salvation, our good standing, that we, we may not need to be reminded. However, Paul takes this moment to illustrate to us, maybe even to remind us, that the gospel alone should make us confident that the same God who is willing to give all for us then is the same God who is going to provide for us right now. The same God who was near then is near now. God has always been, and God is gonna to continue to be gracious in his unending desire to be near to us. The truth is that, man, he's gonna he's going to continue to be for us and to provide for us. Paul's reminding us, he's saying, hey, remember when he saved you by allowing his perfect son to, to stand in for our punishment? He was good then, and he's good now. So today, rest in him, trust him, because remember, he's for you. Paul has seven questions, uh, one that we just read uh, that he's gonna ask and then answer. Here's our next question, verse 33. Verse 33 says this, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Now, when Paul asks this question, what he's doing is he's using language that, that might compare to an accusation made against us in, in court. Um, the question might read something like, who has pressed charges on you? Now, here's the cool thing. If we are declared not guilty by the highest judge, who can bring an additional charge to us? Now, it's no doubt to, to us that it's Satan who makes accusations against us. And I bet all of us listening today, you felt this before. We felt the weight of the charges made against us, the weight of our sin. The enemy, he sneaks into our life. And so does condemnation. You felt insufficient. You might've felt useless. 
And each day you live a life that you believe has been given a guilty verdict. And you feel the weight of that. Listen to this though. Satan's accusations will be thrown out of court because it is God who justifies and he has taken us from guilty to set free by the sacrifice on the cross. He is our judge and also our justifier. We need not walk in chains anymore, church, because you and I have been freed. Even in our, our disobedience, we're covered, we're paid for, we're freed. And that's how far the grace of the cross spans. Today, we rejoice because all accusations against you have been dismissed because you have been justified and interceded for by our Messiah who did not only die, Paul notes, but also rose to life. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sore? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, really quick, when, when Paul writes the love of Christ, uh, it's, not, it's not our love to Christ, but it's his love of us. And so, so Paul is asking, what's gonna get in the way of God loving us? I bet we've been there before. Wondering, am, am I too far gone? How, how will I ever close this distance between me, my sin, and God? Am I unforgivable? And those questions and hurts, they're real. No matter what our circumstances though, no current struggle can separate us from the love of God. This makes us conquerors and more, Paul says. So how are we more than a conqueror? This is how. You and me, we, we, we overcome with a greater power, the power of Jesus. We overcome with a greater motive, the glory of Jesus. We overcome with a greater victory, the victory of Jesus. We overcome with a greater love, the love of Jesus. You are more than a conqueror because you have the spirit of God within you. So what do we do? How do we respond? Should we go back to living a life of fear? Back to verse 35. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We're considered a sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. No, uh, the answer is no. Uh, Paul, Paul, I think, writes these things in increasing intensity, uh, building up to, to the strong idea that nothing ought to separate a Christian from Christ. Satan would want us to conclude that a God who loved us would not allow his people to, to suffer such things. What, what, what the Apostle Paul states is something different. God carefully watches over his children through the bad times and the good. Paul challenges us in, in verse 36 when he references Psalm 44, 22. He's highlighting the hard truth that followers of Jesus are going to face trouble. It's, it's part of following Jesus. In a commentary I read on Romans 8, that explained that in the days of the early church, it was common for a believer to be martyred each day. Thankfully, for the most part, you and I, we get to worship freely and thank God for that. However, you, you might face different persecutions. You might face different fears. You might have different things that may, um, so to speak, come between. Still though, you're able to look at those things and answer, no, nothing can come between me and Jesus. 
And so rather than being separated, we can be confident that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Check out our last two verses, verse 38 and 39. 38 says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How powerful is that? That nothing in creation can separate God's people from God. Nothing. I believe that, that sometimes we need to hear that. Nothing. I think that a lot of us try to try to still fill in that blank with something. We try and force it. And eventually we, we say, well, something has to fit. Still though, Jesus says, nothing. Nothing can get in the way. Nothing can separate. Church family, what a, what a wonderful God that we serve. What a wonderful gospel that we live in. Thank you, Lord, for paving an unclosable gap for us. Church family, thank you so much uh, for continuing to tune in with us. Reminder that tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., we're going to gather to celebrate the National Day of Prayer together. Pastor Tim is going to lead us through a time of prayer. And so before we go, let's pray together. Father, um, because you are for us, nothing can stand against us. Today, we pray for our church family. We ask that you keep them safe. Today, we, we thank you for making a way for us. You are a good, good God. To your holy name that we pray these things. Everybody said, amen. Church family, we love you. We'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. for the National Day of Prayer. See you guys then.